0: Welcome to the Good Darts Podcast. We are back doing normal weekly podcasts out every Thursday morning. It's myself, Dan Dawson, and Wayne Mardle alongside me. It's brought to you by our friends at Low Six. This is, of course, the podcast that's all about darts. So the quality cannot be guaranteed. Uh, What was guaranteed, though, was drama in the best Premier League League phase we have ever seen that culminated uh, back end last week in Milton Keynes. Wayne and I have just returned to our respective homes. Uh, I'm in a basement in the middle of Birmingham. Uh, Wayne is in some magnificent palace somewhere in Essex. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't invite me around. Uh, but Wayne, how are you keeping my man? Is it nice to be back home with Sherlock?
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, there's a reason I don't invite you around, Dan. I don't like you.
0: Yeah, don't that's like it. fair enough. It's fully uh, justified. I can't argue with it at all. Uh, uh, and it's, look, not, it's not like you're in a minority either. Anyway, yeah. No,
1: of course, of course I'm not. Look, it's great <laughs> to be home, but I'll tell you what though. I I, I actually tweeted that I, I was on a bit of a downer the day after the, the Premier League League phase finished. I was, mm. I felt a little bit empty. Uh, the old adrenaline had dropped and it's like, do you know what? Uh, whilst I didn't see hardly anything of the players because uh, of the bubbles we were in, I, I kind of still miss them competing because there was no crowd there. We, we all feel a bit closer to each other, don't we You can hear them roar and, and just chatting as they're going about their their daily business with the practicing it was uh, it was a, a funny environment but it was also quite quite personal I thought yeah, it was it was good. Uh,
0: what I really liked about the Premier League in that format is that you know if you go to any big tournament it's one of the weird things if you're watching on the telly at home you say watch i don't know say the the world grand prix or even the world championship or even if you're just watching one of the euro tours uh, at home over a weekend you watch it and it reaches a crescendo everything's getting every game is getting more important quarterfinals semi-finals final and it's like oh this is this is incredible it's building up to something massive but when you're actually at those events and you're backstage and everything, it's kind of weird in that yes, the games are getting more important, but you go from having forty odd players or you know 120 players at a pro tour event. By the time you get to the semi-finals and the final, it's an absolute ghost town backstage. It's yeah. weird. It's less less sort of less excitement, less of a hubbub backstage. Yeah. But when you go on stage and out the front with all the fans, it's more fervent than ever. It's a very strange kind of difference yeah. between the two but with this year's premier league obviously everybody was there pretty much everybody had a say in who was going to make it to finals night so it just seemed to maintain the intensity right the way
1: through i thought it was fascinating it, it, it was yeah and you say everyone and it really was everyone because look look what daryl gurney who had nothing to play for mm. did to mvg so yeah, yeah every everyone had uh Everyone had a reason to be competing, and uh, great, great Premier League. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Well, look. In, in terms of your picks for the ones you made for that final night, uh, you said that Nathan Aspinall would beat Glen Durrant. Hold uh, oh, on,
1: the line's terrible, Dan. Yeah. Dan, <laughs> Dan, I can't hear you, Dan.
0: You said, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna get a lot worse in a minute when I point out your last one. <laughs> Nathan Aspinall did beat Glenn Darren. You were right. I know it's a draw, but look, a draw would have been all right for the ass, but he he won it and he won it brilliantly. For my mind, the the best individual display in a one-off game, given the context, I think, for the entire 16 nights of action, personally. I think he was absolutely tremendous. All the pressure was on him, final game of the night, and he played Utterly brilliantly against Glenn Duran, who did not give away. He averaged over 100. It was superb from I Glenn, know. Just not good enough. I think it was incredible. Uh, but you got that right. Well done. Well done, Wayne. Yeehaw, you started the night yeehaw. by saying Gary, uh, Gary, Price would beat Gary Anderson, and not only beat him, but beat him well. I don't know if your tongue was in your cheek there, but I mean, you can never really tell. It's like the boy who cried wolf with Wayne Mardle. If you said <laughs> he might be being sarcastic, but you don't know. But if he's going to get it right anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Go Christ right. did win it and it was 8-3. Uh, you had Peter to tongue-inche
1: cheek? When, when mm-hmm. is it tongue in cheek, we don't know is that because I have fat cheeks Dan
0: that's <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah like, uh, the,
0: uh, the darts world's hamster man uh, that's that's how we look at it uh, but no oh, hey look silent. you those those cheeks those cheeks propel a dart board uh, dart to the board better than anybody on this planet there is nobody better at blowing a dart in than uh, the great <laughs> participator and five-time world semi-finalist <laughs> Wayne Mardle, that's a fact. <laughs> with a
1: John Lowe fact on the end of there. That's, fact. A, that's a
0: fact. That is a fact.
1: <laughs> so you got all three of
0: those games right, and you know the one that let you down. You backed MBG a, against Gerling. Of Gurley.
1: course, I thought he'd get a draw down. Yeah, yeah. I thought
0: I'd, I thought Ridiculous. he'd get something. He'd make something. I thought he'd make life difficult. But how poor was Michael Van Gogh in the world number one? And as it look? You, we watched him the night before and he thought, oh, well, things are moving in the right direction. It's fine. He's, he's got this, he, he's making steps in the right way, but it, that fragility is there. If things don't go, you can yeah. get at him. And I'm, I'm not sure when this stops being the case.
1: Yeah. Uh, he made, uh, the game against Gary Anderson, he made a difficult game look quite easy mm. against Darryl Gurney. Uh, no offense to Daryl. uh, Performance wise, uh, Michael, you'd expect to win, what, eight, nine out of ten with Daryl playing that way. He made a very, very doable game look impossible. Yeah. Um, and the composure, absolutely zero uh, belief. He actually said something after that, that I was quite surprised about. He said when I was three nil down, I, I thought maybe it's not my night. And you never well,
0: feel, feel he feels like that. You've never seen him. No, the head never no. drops with Michael Van Gogh because he always thinks he can win from whatever position. And, and why well, wouldn't you've you said when it,
1: they've... yeah, you've said it before, Dan. When you've yeah. watched him and he's he's like first to six, say so six two down, and you're thinking he'll get a draw. And you've said that on on these podcasts, yeah. you have, and yeah. it's like, and you're right. And the players you're never feel like you never
0: say, but now you are. No, Gurney got well, to three what, five in. nil, and I was like, he's won this. He's won, and he might do them by eight. And I've yeah. never... I haven't felt like that about Michael Van Gerwen ever since he became a major winner. Ever.
1: Ever it's since weird. he became the Michael Van Gerwen we know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I've seen peculiar. him get
0: whitewashed. I've seen him get whitewashed in Euro Tour Finals. I've seen Ian White whitewash him a couple yeah. of times. Um, yeah, and, but...
1: but, but the, it's you weird. never it's felt freakish. he was ever going to get whitewashed. You yeah. never felt he was not going to come back. And when he doesn't, he, obviously he, he, he can't because he's been beaten. Mm. But I always, I've always felt that... You haven't beaten Michael. You haven't beaten him yet. You might have. Mm. You might have left tops, and he's sitting on three hundred and sixteen. <laughs> but you haven't beaten him yet. Yeah. Uh, I... People found a way to lose against him. Now he's finding a way to, to somehow, not compete in a way. Because against against Gurney, the, the the doubling was dismal. The the scoring was was kind of really off. That from the night before, just polar opposites. Quite quite extraordinary.
0: Well, look, frankly. He doesn't deserve to be at finals night. The league table says that he is not one of the four best players. Over a lot, and I know. Look, I know we crammed a lot of action into two weeks in Milton Keynes, but it's still quite a big, a decent representative sample. Even if he was having those bad couple of weeks, and it's it's hit right at the worst time. It's not as if he was dominating the league at the start of it before uh, lockdown hit. So look, I I think there are big questions to be answered with Michael Van Gogh and I think he probably will go and tinker with his darts perhaps go back to the old darts or whatever I don't think that matters at all what he needs to do is go to the autumn series blast his way through a few games against lower ranked opposition who still yeah. fear him um, yeah. and and then we'll see if he can rebuild some of that confidence and and when he does then he
1: becomes mighty Michael Van Gogh again yeah I agree I agree mm. autumn series is important for MVG.
0: Yes. Autumn Series is not only important for MVG, of course. Autumn Series is important. We've got five pro tour events back to back to back. And I have to say, I really enjoyed the Summer Series. And I also really like the way it led up to qualifying for the World Match Play. We're seeing the same yeah. here, of course, with the World Grand Prix. I don't know if this is something they've accidentally stumbled on that may be a format for the future, but... It should be. You reckon, I mean, how did you find it, though, when you were playing? Because I suppose, what's the the most number of consecutive days you'd have a tournament? It's like three, maybe? Or would three, you have like these three? Big, yeah, like UK Open Qualifiers or something like that.
1: Yeah, and, and there was a couple of times in, in Vegas where we had three pro tour oh, events course, running. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, of course, that was really difficult because you never went to bed for seven days. So <laughs> it was just ridiculous. But look... It's tough now. It's tough being a world-class dart player. You've got to have stamina, and of course, if you if you wilt a little or or your your concentration wanes, you get found out, like like MVG did when his confidence went. Mm.
0: And look, he is there. He is there to be kicked, and all the top boys in the world who have been kicked repeatedly by Michael Van Gerwen. I remember back on the Euro Tour, <laughs> I can't remember which one it was, but I remember Peter Wright losing in a final to Michael Van Gerwen, and this would have been. I don't know the tenth time it happened, and certainly <laughs> something like it was like the fourth time that year. Peter Wright and Mark yeah. van going, undoubtedly the top two players in the world at the point, at that point, and Peter just could not beat him in finals. And at the end of it, they're laughing and joking around. Peter's trying to laugh it off. Van Gogh's literally just sort of got Peter Wright going, ha, ha ha, he in my pocket, he in my pocket, ha ha ha. Yeah. And Peter's like laughing it off in the players' room, and I was watching it going, I would. I know he's the best player in the world. I know he's, he's he was pretty much holder of every major title at the time anyway. But that's got to hurt. It really has. Even if you don't let it show, that's got yeah. to hurt. I mean, look, you would have had it back in the days when Phil was beating everybody yeah. and not shy about telling everybody. Yeah, but of course. It's Now it's payback time, isn't it?
1: Uh, yes, yes. There, Right now... And this is the thing. We can only go on about form, can't we? We can't. Mm. It's no good talking about how, how good someone is. Otherwise, uh, Keith Della would crop up in in the world's best players kind of category, <laughs> wouldn't he? <laughs> he you,
0: doesn't. get can't talk about.
1: List. Yeah, you can't talk about what happened all, all like years ago because it's just not the way it is. And right now, I I think Peter Wright is. He's just got it. Mm. He's he's got it and. We know what Glenn Darren Aspinall, Anderson and a few of the others are doing. Michael Smith can beat anyone, Price. We know that. But Wright just seems to have gears. The world champ, is playing like a world champ. And do you know what, Dan? When he's off, when he's off, he's very good.
0: Yeah, yeah. And when was the last the time you saw Peter Michael... Wright average 89, 91? Yeah. He goes. If it's rubbish, that, it's yeah. still going to drag up to ninety five by the end of it, and that can when you go. And
1: that's the difference. That's the difference with Michael van Gerwen now. When he was off, he was averaging ninety seven, ninety eight. Hmm. And when he was on, it was anywhere up to one hundred and twenty three. Well, yeah, times have changed, and we don't know if it is a, a if it's a blip. We don't know if it's something to be continued. But what is exciting is that now Michael van Gerwen is not dominating. It it's a free for all. And they mm. will all believe that they can succeed, especially Peter Wright.
0: Yeah, especially Peter Wright. Well, look, we've we've been focusing, as you would can imagine, over the last couple of weeks on the very elite in the world. We've been talking about yeah. the best players in the Premier League. They're the only ones who've been playing over the last couple of uh, weeks. But we're about to go into the autumn series. We're going to see a lot of players lower down the rankings, and some of them who are playing world class darts. And one of them is our guest on the podcast this week. It is Ryan Searle, a man who beat five players in the Premier League to win his first PDC title early this year, including Michael Van Gogh in the final of the third players' championship. You will be seeing him making his debut at the World Grand Prix as things stand. Things are happening for heavy metal. Here's a chat I had with him. These are the questions that you should be asking. Ryan Searle, heavy metal, joining us on the podcast. Ryan, perhaps the greatest nickname in the sport it's certainly right up there i believe uh it works on many levels right you look like you're into heavy metal you throw the heaviest darts in the game
2: yeah i quite
0: like it i mean uh you have suggested that as a nickname a couple i'm not years sure if i did well. you know I, I don't know if yeah. i can't remember i think i might have but i don't know if it's just somebody else on twitter who, who suggested it and went oh that's good but yeah, it is good, and I'm going to completely claim it. So yeah, that's cool. <laughs> you had to change your walk-on, didn't you? Because do you miss the Prodigy walk-on?
2: Yeah, I had that breeze by the Prodigy as my walk-on, yeah. Yeah, it was a um, good walk-on. But I'm pretty sure you did bring that up at the World. Um, yeah. It was It was in the back of my mind to have that as my nickname. Excellent. Then, uh, there we go. You mentioned it, and I thought, there we go. Excellent.
0: I like that a lot. Um, The heavy darts, though, I mean, look, just in case anybody doesn't know, how heavy are they? And why in God's name do you throw darts, I mean, almost three times as heavy as some players in the game?
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, they're they're 32 grams. Um, I've just had some new ones made. Um, I was tempted to go up to 33 grams. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, when I first started playing, which was about 12 years ago, I used to play for my local pub team. And I used to throw 23 gram Andy Fordham darts, which are like a really short barrel. And mm. um, I used, they used to have the really short points. I used to have short nylon stems and pear flight
0: So tiny little things. And yeah. now you're throwing the darts equivalent... Unbelievable. Yeah, now you throw like darts equivalent of shot putts. <laughs> like, that's not, you've had the biggest change anybody's ever seen i would imagine between two sets of darts
2: it was more of a gimmick really at the start like i wanted to have like the shortest and shortest darts and i wanted to have the heaviest so i basically <laughs> went from the andy fordham ones to um a set of 31 grams and i used them for a little while where did um, you even
0: find 31 gram darts
2: i just i just went on the internet and looked for heavy darts and that was basically the heaviest ones i could find that weren't like stupid <laughs> and uh I quite enjoy them when I'm through. So I you know, just
0: went and used them. Well, okay. You say you got into darts 12 years ago. Yeah. So you started playing for your local pub team. Do you had any interest in darts prior to that? Did you like watch it or was it just literally a game in, in
2: the pub? Because you were, no, you were like, I always...
0: about 20 years old when when that happened? Yeah,
2: 20 years old. Uh, just for my twenty first birthday, I started playing for my local team. Mm. But before that, when I was... I don't know, 10, 11. I always used to have a dartboard up at home. And I'd go through phases where I'd just spend a couple of weeks throwing and then just not throw for <laughs> six months or a year and then just start throwing again. But So I've always had a dartboard up. Never, it was nothing that I ever really took seriously. Um, kind of wish I did because I knew even back then I was half decent. I used to be able to hit 180s back then when I was a young kid, but I didn't think anything of it. So yeah i mean take my local pub team uh the average age of that team was about 65 i expect and i was 20 so i brought that average age down a bit you know <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i used to enjoy that i kind of missed
0: that actually okay so this was it was just sort of a fun sideline playing for your local team yeah. at this point are you had you started window cleaning because everybody everybody knows you're a former window cleaner basically because yeah. i mean stuart pike screamed it uh, While well, you, I can't remember what game it was, but if you ever hear Chris Murphy commentating your games, he will now do a Stuart Pike impression. I'm going, <laughs> he was a window cleaner. But how long <laughs> were you cleaning windows for? And was that um, was that basically your job for for many years?
2: It was pretty much. I mean, I did a couple other things b- before that, but that was my main thing. Well, um, what, then, what else did you uh,
0: do? I'm interested. What's the career path of Ryan? We're, we're currently a professional um, dart player. We had window cleaner before that.
2: Yeah, I used to help my dad out. He was a builder. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a bit of painting and decorating for a little while. And then after college, I ended up going with a bloke that used to live in my village and just helping him out with his window cleaning round that he had. And then I ended up just taking it over.
0: You'd found a job and you could live comfortably enough and pay the bills. You had no designs or... Well,
2: back then I was living at home, so it was nice and cheap then. (laughs) Ah, okay. Okay.
0: You live down in the southwest, so you're... Devon, born and bred. Devon, uh, because I needed to check that, because I know you go down that part of the world and people get, if they're two miles away or they're slightly over a border, they get very, very, like, I'm not, I'm not Cornish, I'm not from Somerset, I'm Devon. Yeah, it annoys me when people say I'm from Somerset, I'm
2: I'm not, I'm from Devon. (laughs) Right, okay. I'm glad we've cleared that up. And it's a tiny
1: little village
0: in it, Holcombe Rogus yeah that's it yeah sounds like something for like a character from the hobbit or like an aging yeah, yeah. Like, oh, mr holcomb brokers <laughs> there's okay. a massive courthouse that's here i used to clean windows there actually huge. Uh, good for the window cleaning business something with loads of yeah, windows right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when did Dart start becoming something more than just a game you played in the pub when did you realize hang
2: on i could i could earn a few quid doing this um i think even straight away i felt like I was half decent, even when I first started to play seriously. Even my local pub, I felt like I was better than most people. That's, that's not <laughs> not me being big-headed, but I just sort of felt like I've hardly really put any time or effort into this game, and I feel like I play better than most people. Like if I was to put a bit more effort in, then who knows where I could get to.
0: Well, you start. You then started playing in, you know, the the BDO system, and by sort of twenty sixteen. You were doing really well on the challenge tour. That's how you got onto the PDC tour by winning challenge tour titles. You were the you were around the same year as as Rob Cross when he just burst on the scene. What was it like going to challenge tour events and, and seeing perhaps, you know, quite established names all around those yeah. halls in Wigan or whatever? And then seeing Rob Cross, who's averaging hundred and seven every game seemingly. <laughs> and he only played half the season. He he managed to I think did he just pip you to the top of the rankings?
2: He's about two and a half grand ahead, I think, in the end. So he was a fair bit in front. Mm. But I had a season in the Challenge Tour before Rob even um, entered that. Yeah. So I, uh, I think I finished 14th in the rankings at the end of the first season. Um, but that was a big that was a big eye-opener for me, because I'd never really play, played anything Something that competitive before. I played the odd video event, not much, and... The trouble is with me, I've never had much motivation to travel and do things. Like, like People used to have to drag me to places just to get me to enter tournaments and that. And Even local tournaments, I was never really that bothered in going, but a few of my mates used to drag me along and I used to win pretty much 99% of them. So as soon as I started winning more, I felt like, right, I need to not be a big fish in a small pond down here and try and spread my wings a bit.
0: Okay, so did that change just going to the Challenge Tour, or was it when you actually got your tour card and you got right here? You go, Ryan, go and play Van Gerwen and Gary Anderson and Peter, right (laughs) on a weekly basis.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was a little disheartened after my first year on the Challenge Tour finishing 14th, but that experience helped me a lot for the for the year after, for sure. And just felt a lot more comfortable just you just used to the whole pdc system really um when you i've been to very few video events but when you go to like the gold cup or anything you turn up and at the boards as people stood around behind getting in your way when you're coming back to fro and stuff like that then the last gold cup i played in i lost in the semi-final to glenda and i think that was the very last video event i played
0: well it's been kind of been a story of steady improvement for you hasn't it because As you say, 14th on the Challenge Tour. Then you finish in the top two, get your tour card. There were some flashes, some moments of good stuff when you first appeared on the PDC Tour. In fact, very early on. But then often, you know, weeks and sometimes months where you were struggling to win a game. But then things start getting more consistent. And ultimately, it's led to you becoming a title winner for the first time this year and beating five guys who competed in the Premier League this year to win that title, including Van Gerwen. Was that... Is that vindication for all to travel to test yourself to actually put the work and effort in?
2: Mm. I mean, the worst thing for me was having uh two young kids and having to spend so much time away from them. I'm a big family man, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's my I think it was my second ever weekend on the pro tour after I got my tour card. I reached the semi final UK Open qualifier, beat cheesy in a quarter final. That was a that was a really good game. And I got stuffed by Gary Anderson, like I always do nine times out of 10 because he's my hero. So, um, yeah, just to look at that semi-final, it was me against Gary Anderson and MVG against, I can't remember it was, but just to be have my name in amongst those four names was, at the time, a massive achievement for me.
0: But then we've talked about it before where I think you went half a year where I don't think you got past round one of a tournament. So even though there was there was these great signs and you thought, oh, yeah, I can do this, I can make this work. And I would imagine there's probably more com- money coming in than cleaning windows for a weekend. If you go <laughs> off and make a semi-final. But yeah. then how do you manage to keep the faith and stay optimistic when you go through those periods where you, you're travelling away, you're going away from your family and you're coming back and, and you've got nothing for it? In fact, you probably lost money just on your hotels and travel
2: that was a really tough time like I felt like I wasn't even playing that bad I just was not getting a result and the PDC is very tough in that respect whereas like you can play well when you don't win it feels like sometimes when things aren't going your way you're sat on a finish and someone will take out a massive 100 plus and it it just happens more often than not when you're struggling I don't, I don't know why that is but it just seems to happen but I just carried on plugging away just hitting the practice board even harder. There's one game that sticks in my mind when I was struggling, and that was against Merv King at Wigan. I was 5-1 up, and I ended up losing 6-5. And I missed, I don't know how many match starts, about five match starts. I was going for the double, and I was saying in my head, you've got to hit this, because you've got rent to pay, you know what I mean? And I, <laughs> But, you know, that's not the, the best thing to be thinking about when you're going for a double, but, I ended up missing and losing and um yeah was, that was a really tough
0: time yeah i can imagine and look you're not the first player to to have to deal with that i mean richie burnett is is one who basically quit the game and he was a world number one quit the game for a while just because he couldn't deal with the pressure of having to win to pay his bills and ultimately mm-hmm. that that made him a less effective player the, one of the most incredible things of this ryan is that you, you're doing all of this and you can barely see where the darts land uh now we've talked yeah. about this before in interviews but this is, yeah. this is a long-running thing with your eyesight from when you were a kid, basically, isn't it? Astigmatism. stigmatism in, yeah. in your dominant eye, or is it both
2: eyes? It is my right eye, yeah.
0: How did this happen, and how bad is it? Because you, you're almost at the stage where you wouldn't be allowed to drive, aren't you?
2: Yeah, well, you mentioned this when I was playing Van Gogh in the final in the commentary. I watched that a few times and you mentioned it. So basically, you said in the commentary that I'm only just on the legal limit to drive. Um, that's true, but that's true when I'm wearing glasses or I've got my contact lenses in. So without any visual aids, I, I'm not allowed to drive. Wow,
0: I didn't I didn't even realize that. So it's even worse than I yeah. thought.
2: Yeah, and it's always been like that. And I only, well, I got glasses probably two years ago, so I've been driving so since I was 17. I used to literally scrape through the sight test at the beginning of the driving test.
0: What the one where you have to number. like read the number plate for about plate.
2: thirty
0: yards? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, I just to... <laughs> hope that it's a car you know, and it's a personal. Yeah, well,
2: plate. basically, I used to turn up at the um, at the test place because I failed twice, and I was like, oh god, I got to read a number plate again. So I'll turn up at the test center and uh, I'll try and pick out and try and predict what car they'd ask me to read the number plate off. Well, she just said, and then i the...
0: and go and walk around all the cars. And try and, try and remember. Well, as
2: soon as I turned up at the centre, I'd just look at this. I'd think, right, they're going to pick one of those two cars over in that direction, and I'd write the number plate down on my phone and try and memorise it. <laughs> 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 so I'd have an idea of what they were going what it was going to be.
0: Amazing! Well wow. so, it uh, worked.
2: Well, yeah, I managed to get through. So, um, but I think my eyes have slowly got worse over time. And I can definitely tell now. I've only, um, at this world's just gone, had contact lenses, and I can see a little bit better with them. And I think that's actually helped my game a little bit. Okay. Uh, I mean, put that down to me winning that winning that pro tour. That definitely comes down to that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is that is a massive, massive thing for you. I'm I'm a bit worried about how clean these windows were. Um, <laughs> Devon, to be honest, I mean, I'm I'm not sure. I'd, I'd, I'm not sure. I'd want you cleaning me windows, right?
2: Well. My nose was basically touching the window, so I was all right
0: there. I I could see <laughs> <laughs> One thing I did want to ask you about, people getting abuse on social media. I mean, it's, it comes around a lot, particularly at the minute. I mean, Michael Smith's been talking about it. A number of players have been talking about it. Mm. How, how have you found being in the public eye to an extent? I know maybe not as much as somebody like Michael Smith, who's playing Premier League every week or every night as it has been lately. But yeah. it is quite difficult, isn't it, to to be on social media and just be getting
2: abuse. Yeah, I mean, I'm only on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter or um, Instagram or anything like that. But uh, I've lost games in the past and I'll get a message from people on Messenger saying not very nice things. But I just ignore it really. Um, there's not really much else you can do, is there, so
0: no I mean there isn't to be fair you have enough dealing with the amount of social media messages you get from Chris Dobie and, and Matt Edgar I would imagine exactly yeah <laughs> it, <the Lord> Far- <laughs> was it Dobie who came up with the Lord Farquaad thing from Shrek or is it was it, yeah it was Dobie well,
2: basically,
0: that, that's following you around
2: it is yeah well basically um, I think we're in a, on a Euro tour in I think it was Austria or it could have been single finger or something like that but it somehow come up about nicknames and whatever and um I said, Don't don't go telling people this but I said someone on Twitter suggested Law Far because I look a bit like him. <laughs> and I, and I showed Davey a picture and he started absolutely wetting himself. And um yeah, that's basically where that come from. Really, put that picture So
0: up. you specifically don't tell anybody this, and now well, he, he sticks it on social media every time you achieve anything in this game. Pretty
2: much. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought, right after I won the first home tour event thing, I thought, right, I'll just, I'll just do it myself, save anyone else doing it.
0: <laughs> well, look, you might be seeing a lot more of it because that pro tour win at the start of this year. I know this year has been a mess, but it it's put you in a, a, almost nailed on to get your debut at the World Grand Prix uh, the Grand Slam uh, is I'm expecting you to be at that as well you're just inside the top 40 in the world rankings at the minute you have a couple of good weeks and, and all of a sudden that top 32 looks very realistic doesn't it
2: yeah that is, that's the next goal of the top 32 if it wasn't for everything going on this year I think this would have been my best year on the tour by a mile and uh, I think I'd sort of prove that by winning players championship three but um you know, what can you do? You've just got to go with how things are going. And um, I'll just try my best now, from now to the end of the year.
0: Well, Look, everything's moving in the right direction. I mean, do you have targets? What's the ultimate goal?
2: Um, I don't really have an ultimate goal, really. I just want to... I don't feel like I've turned up to big events and played my absolute best. So there's plenty more in the tank to come. I think I even said to you in the interview after Players' Championship 3 that I didn't I feel like I played overly well that day. It was just more solid and just taking my chances. And, you know, so I feel like I've got more in the tank. And, you know, when that comes out, who knows where I can uh, get to.
0: there we have it Ryan Searle a man just inside the top 40 in the world rankings but he's only going one way with some big TV debuts on the way what do you make of him Wayne because we've seen him play some decent stuff at the world championship and he seems like he's getting to grips it's taken a while because he did break through at the same time as, as Rob Cross in PDC darts but he seems to be getting to grips with the demands of life in the PDC
1: yeah, first off, I did have to laugh when he said contact lenses have helped vision. <laughs> vision is important for for a dark player. It is it, it's one of the. Peter, it's paramount. He
0: can't see anything. He can't. He can't see it. It doesn't matter. He'd rather it, not see it and hit it
1: <laughs> than see it and miss it hold on hold on we've just got to cut that right vision is important for a dark player response is it though <laughs> <laughs> right end end it right okay uh, joking aside yeah, yeah very funny very funny like joking aside that the men's the men's class I remember tweeting a couple of years ago saying uh, about his action is mm. is there a, a smoother action uh, on tour than than Ryan sell because he's got this the thirty-two grand bombs, they 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 help you be smooth because you can't throw them in a jerky fashion. They they'll be going all over the shop. Mm. But look, you know, last sixteen of the worlds, he he played great, didn't he? Yeah, he played some some magnificent stuff, and he's played in a grand slam before. I'm not sure he got out of his group a couple of years ago. I'm not too sure about that. But look, he's a quality operator, and you don't you don't win a pro tour event uh, without being a quality quality operator. But what I did notice, Dan, was that. He kind of talked himself up. He's a he's a unassuming but confident type. There's never that. I from from that interview alone, because I, I don't know Ryan well enough yeah. at, at all to to know him as a character. I really don't. But the interviews he's done live on Sky with his with his son has always been kind of really kind of heartwarming and, and polite. But I get that feeling that he knows he's good.
2: Well, and must I like missed-
1: that.
0: This is one of the things that I, I think it's always fascinating. We get dark players emerge from all over the world, you know, and some of them seem to know they're good. They seem to know, but some of them can't be bothered. Rob Cross and Ryan Searle both apparently smashed up the art scene wherever they played locally but couldn't be bothered to really pursue it until it was rob yeah. cross's uncle that dragged him out of bed and ryan surley's mates dragged him off to tournaments where he was saying he's winning 99 of them now nowadays yeah. you would think that the rewards are so great that if you've got even the faint chance of, of perhaps being good enough to win things then go on give it a go give it i mean look maybe if if the pdc hadn't grown in the way that it's done over the last 10 years with the money available, we wouldn't see somebody like Ryan Searle. It wouldn't be bothered. It wouldn't have dragged him out to have a go. Or even Rob Cross. We'd have been denied that story.
1: Yeah, I've I've always said, look, people pick up darts or they pick up a a golf club, kick a ball uh, for fun. They Hmm. do it for fun on the outset. They never... Well, when I say never, or no one ever did, I'm assuming someone picked up a some kind of snooker queue and thought, I want to be a professional before they even picked it up. But it's unusual. So you pick it up for a, for a bit of fun and, and see where it leads. You you kind of do it as a bit of a social exercise, really. But you are right. I I, I think the PDC are, are to, to blame for all these quality players because there's life-changing amounts of money year in, year out to be earned. And look, it was a window cleaner and mm. now he's I'm uh, assuming
0: Stuart Pike, was, he has, uh, Stuart Pike, Stuart yeah. Pike shouting he <laughs> was a window cleaner yeah if <laughs> you ever hear see a Ryan So game on the stream and Chris Murphy's doing it he will shout he was a window cleaner at some point as a tribute right, okay. to Pikey at some point okay. but yes, that, sorry, you were is saying. that
1: quite, yeah, kind of the same as 127 in game that yeah. is exactly the same game. 127 yeah. game yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah but look I, I'm I'm a great believer in uh, there's loads of loads of players that need a push And I just think that it's all circumstance. If they've got someone round them that is like, come on, I'll take you. Mm. I'll do this. I'll do that for you. Like his mates, like Rob Cross's uncle, then things can change very, very quickly. And uh, whilst he has taken his time just a little, I I, I don't think that's a bad thing. He's still a young man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he is. And I, I think he's got the capability to do some some very, very big damage. Because as you say, he's softly spoken and he's always been quite shy and retiring as Ryan Searle. But I tell you what, what he is saying, how he says it hasn't changed, but what he is saying yeah. more recently and that only comes with actually proving to himself, I can beat Michael Van Gerwen in, in a final of a tournament. He, he said that... Yeah. He'd, he'd imagined these scenarios when he's practicing in his little man cave at the bottom of the garden. He's like, right, yeah. last leg decider versus MVG. Go need a twelve data. That's what he'd do. He'd go through these scenarios, and in the end, start that's off exactly 30. what he yeah. needed. Yeah. You see, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I've done that.
1: I've yeah, done that. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: very good. But look, Ryan, so it's it's look, we are going to bring you a mix of big names. And guys who could go on to do things. If you only have a look at Ryan Searle, what he's done over the last sort of 18 months. In fact, you know, Nathan Aspinall, um, he beat Ryan Searle in that first Pro Tour final two years ago. And Nathan yeah. shot up the rankings, went on to make back to back World Championship semi finals, yeah. won a, you know, and now he's in the, the Premier League finals night. Who knows? If that game had gone the other way, maybe it's Ryan Searle. But sometimes you just have to wait for the right time to explode. And Ryan Searle yeah. might have found his.
1: You? Do you know what I did like? I, mm. I, I really did like is that uh, when you ask what targets have you got, and he responds, mm. "None." <laughs> uh, yeah, we have. I've really got a target. Now look, people may laugh; they may think it's ridiculous, but you can't—you <laughs> can't fail Dan.
0: Yeah, well, that is true. <laughs> if you've that got is no true.
1: targets, you're you're not putting you're not putting a time frame on anything. You're not putting yourself under pressure. or oh, oh, by the first of January, I wanted to achieve this. So I've let myself down. I should have done that. Look, having no targets doesn't mean that you don't want to achieve. And do you know what? My, my whole career, when I thought I was good enough, was like, right, I've got, I've got to win a world title, I've got to win a major, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. Maybe, maybe if I have a bit of, uh, had a bit of a, uh, a realistic attitude about it, that you won't fail and you won't feel, you won't feel like a failure. Dan. you know,
0: you know what, Wayne? <laughs> you might still. <laughs> <laughs> you might
1: still, you might, you might but still no, I quite it, liked please. it. I, I like yeah. the fact that he said that he clearly doesn't overthink things. Mm. Um, I, I think that's, that, that's a good there's a lot way of to be being, said. isn't it?
0: There are different personalities yeah. in this game. Some of them yeah. are going, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this, and it yeah. drives them on, it spurs them on, it makes you know, makes them practice, yeah. makes them hone their skills and get better. Ryan yeah. Searle. You can't really question his, his dedication. He, he spends a lot of time practicing. I've seen it on his, his Facebook over lockdown. He was constantly doing videos of his practicing and routines and things like that. Yeah. And he's, he's talked about how much work he's put in and it's helped him to get to where he is. And who knows where that might take him over the next yeah. few months and years. Good
1: on him.
2: For the Devon Peterson fans, Devon Peterson is, is Van gogh and Taylor-esque. The best, ultimately the best. I love darts, that's the passion, and I ooze darts. I take a good positive from that. The next step for Devin Peterson is just the sexiest. I ooze darts. They've always wanted Devin Peterson. As Devin Peterson, I was saying to myself, oh, that was good. Okay, Devin, so you look at this as a positive. Think of if Earthlings went to the moon. Devin Peterson, if he's there, God willing, he will be. The moon is definitely, inevitably, the next platform for the MPs.
0: Okay, we are about to head into the autumn series. I will be getting on a. Pl- actually, when you hear this, I'll be on my way to Germany for an unspecified amount of time. I don't actually know if I'm going to Germany, <laughs> then Austria, and then straight to Germany, huh? or if I get to come home in the middle at some point. This hasn't been Why sorted is that? out. Uh, It just hasn't been sorted out, Wayne. Um, You know, we'll figure it out. I mean, it's not as if there's a global global pandemic and any (laughs) travel restrictions or anything. I'm just going to wander around (laughs) Europe asking people if they need any darts commentating on. Um, But we'll figure it out. But what we do know is we've got five days of Pro Tour action. Now, last time uh, we picked teams uh, and we had five players each. And it was the old school playground rules where you pick a player, I pick a player, you pick a player, I pick a player. And then we dish out points uh, based on how well they do over those five uh, Summer Series events. Now, uh, my team won and won convincingly. And uh, Wayne wasn't around to basically grovel I, and accept. I, I don't
1: actually think that I picked my team. I think I was away that week. Uh, you've ac- <laughs> I've got a recording of your voice saying this. Proves nothing. Right. It proves (laughs) absolutely (laughs) nothing.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Um, Of course, you can get involved with the darts over the next three weeks. You can check out the Low Six and PDC Picks apps, small stakes betting. Uh, You can win cash prizes. People were doing it all the way through uh, the Premier League. We also had some free tournaments. Uh, If you just look for the Good Darts podcast uh, tournaments, free to enter where you could win actual money. This is for no money whatsoever, but it's for something more important than money. It's pride, and bearing in mind the last two nights of the Premier League, Wayne got 75% of his picks right. He was only let down by I don't know some bloke uh, called Michael Van Goen and some bloke called Michael Smith who let him down in the last useless. two nights of the Premier League. Yeah, useless, eh? Uh, but let's see. We're gonna we're only gonna pick three each this time around. So we'll do 10 points if you win the title, uh, seven if you make the final. A five if you make the semis and three if you make the quarters. So we'll pick a team of three, and we've got we'll accumulate the points over the five days. So, and if there's any tie, then we'll go the lowest ranked team. The team with the lowest world ranking gets the right. Get, gets right. the edge. So I'm going to let you pick first, Wayne. Now I'm, I'm uh, intrigued to see where you go with this.
1: Well, if you remember rightly, last time I didn't pick Marco Van Gogh and then he won mm. two for the summer series.
0: He did. you're uh,
1: Right. Now, I'm going to stick with him. Uh, when I mean stick with him, I stuck with him throughout the Premier League. Do you know yeah. what? Huge autumn series for Michael Van Gogh. Michael I'm Van
0: Gogh. That's OK. Michael Van Gogh is your first
1: pick. Look, you have to pick Peter right, otherwise you're an idiot.
0: Ah, but do I? But do I, Wayne?
1: Reverse psychology, Dan.
0: <laughs> Please don't. Please. I mean, don't. I do. Please.
1: You ever seen me play poker? This is what I'm like. Please <laughs> it? don't call. Oh, I bet don't you're call. really
0: annoying to play poker against.
1: I, I, I'm a lunatic.
0: Yeah, I'll bet. Um, yeah, do you I'm get not, invited to I'm play not much friend. poker anymore? You, are no, the invites drying up? <laughs> Why is that? Do you think?
1: No, they're not drying up. No, oh. no, I've not, I've not played in any game for about nine years. I don't know what happened. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah. yeah they're, it wasn't they drying up; they just dried up immediately uh, yeah, after they yeah. met me. Um, fair enough. <laughs> you see, I'm torn. I, I think I think Garwin Price is going to come come out swinging. I think he's he's yeah, going to do some serious damage. Yeah. But Peter Wright did win the summer series. He is playing the best at the moment, so I'm going to go Peter yeah. Snake Mike Wright. I don't know if I've are. just been and... reverse psychology into a corner by Murray no! Mardle.
1: No, I, I was gonna pick him second.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I'm, uh, I'm looking further down the gonna... rankings. I'm keeping this. I'm keeping this uh, hipster. That's how I operate. Right.
1: Do you know what? Do you know? I'll tell you what. Should we make it a rule? What right. top sixteen? Uh, this is... No, I'll tell you what. Uh, we're allowed. Right. We've picked two. We fancy. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: let's go. We have to go outside top ten. Next yeah. one. And then outside top 16 next. How about that?
0: Yeah, let's do that then. Let's do that. Okay. All right. Right. You right going okay.
1: uh, so this is outside top 10, yeah. but within the top 16. Yeah. I mean, it, oh, outside top 10, I mean, in you there. can.
0: Yeah. I mean, a does few is the one there. that jumps out, isn't it? No. Oh, no. No, it isn't. No. Rutaiski jumps out to me. Oh, yeah. You see, I didn't want to mention him because I'd, I'd have nicked him. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Polish Eagle. He's amazing. I know you
1: do. I know he you is do. Incredible. Do you know what, Dan? I'm going to let you have him. Oh. I'm going to let you have him.
0: Who are you going to go for?
1: I'm going Ian Tighty Whitey's. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, there's another. Okay, so you're going to go Ian White. White and MVG. Oh, that's yeah best player on the planet and absolute pro tour monster that is Ian White. Yeah. I I am going to go Ratajski. Of
1: course you are. I knew that. I mean, I, I, see, I feel like
0: you're picking my team for me. Um, <laughs> now, somebody outside the top 16, anybody you like, Wayne? Anyone?
1: Mm. Oh, look who's there. Oh, right. Do you know I'm staying away from?
0: you staying away from and, Jeffrey Desvon?
1: Yes, that's, what, <laughs> yes! that's <laughs> who I'm looking at. And I'm thinking, Wayne, if you pick him again, do you not learn anything in life? Mm. Look, it, it will happen for him. It will happen for him, but not this year. Not this year. Right. Who do I think is just so capable? See, I'm torn.
0: You see, I'm, i quite like I, I, I quite like the idea of using our guest in the podcast, Ryan Searle, and backing him to perform, because I think he he could go and and be consistently good. But there's somebody right. who I'm looking at who's only just inside the top fifty, who I think is oh, really? a, an obvious really? pick. An obvious pick, one.
1: Oh, you're on about Jose. You love him. Oh, Jose. Yes. You love him. He's, I mean, I could have gone
0: for a completely innumerate team, really. If I picked right who made who made some high-profile miscounts of the Premier League, uh, went for Johnny the Ferret and Jose de Sousa. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll go for team innumerate. Team calculator. They've got no idea what they should be throwing at, but they'll hit anything. Do you know what?
1: Yeah, yeah. You want Dean win Stanley in there somewhere if you can. <laughs> right. I, I've... I've, I've sussed it. I've yep. absolutely sussed it, Dan. I'm yep. getting excited thinking about it. Go on, then. My third pick. So, so, who have you gone for, Dan?
0: I'm going to go for Peter Wright. I'm going to go for the ferret Johnny Clayton. And assuming that you don't pick him before me, I'm going to go for José de Sousa, the Portuguese man of scores.
1: No, no I'm, not, I'm not picking him. Marvellous. Right, I'm picking someone. Mm-hmm. There's two players, so I'm torn here. And I've said in recent months that these two cannot keep playing... As well as they are without doing damage and succeeding somewhere along the line.
0: He's big Dev. And that's
1: that's big Dev and not as big Yeller. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah. Do
0: see you know what? The, you know what? The other one as well, Dirt Van Divenbode. Oh, oh, I could pick a, such a team of hipsters here. I can't. Do you know I'm... What I'm going
1: Devon. I'm going Devon.
0: Big Dev. You know what? I I'm going Devon. That's... He's playing in the home tour too. Uh, it was. He didn't quite. I mean, he had a. I think he lost with 104 average in one of his games as well. Um, See, that's his problem. Yeah, just got to get over the line, has not he? Just got. He get can't get over the
1: line. keep doing it. Yeah. When I mean keep doing it, I mean keep averaging 104. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about losing. We can all keep doing that. Do you know what? I'm going for Big Dev. Okay. I'm going right. for there's, Big
0: Dev. There's a, a three-man team. That's how we're doing it. Michael Van Gerwen. Ian Diamond White and the African Warrior Big Devin Peterson uh, for Wayne Mardle and uh, my team calculator Peter Snake by right the Ferret Johnny Clayton and Jose de Sousa. what have they got left who cares they'll find a way who of cares?
1: hitting it who <laughs> cares? On six five no problem I'll take it out <laughs> oh I saw I saw you
0: ask on Twitter the other day about the weirdest things people had seen happen uh, happen yeah. on the dartboard what what was the the best one that Came back to you, or do you have a the, do you have an offering yourself?
1: Uh, no, no, no I've, I've seen I've seen Roland Charlton hit someone in the shin before on purpose. Wow! <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> with, yeah a, this... with a dart or just kick them
1: with a dart. With a, with dart, a dart, this guy. Yeah, this was back in uh, the BDO days where the, mm. the boards were like back to back on on stands, mm. and this guy just kept kicking from the other side. Just kept kicking his leg through the curtain. And Roland, who's got no patience at all, and a- no. apparently it's got worse over the years. Uh, this was back in like 1996 or something. I can't remember. And uh, he said, if he does that again, I'm going to throw a dart at him. It's like, right. Anyway, did it again, <laughs> and he threw a dart, at him. and he and hit him. And all you heard, all you heard was Aah! and the guy retrieved the dart put his head under like the, the, the curtain, saw it was Roland, bearing in mind the guy's ducking down. Mm. So he just kept looking up at Roland oh, and he kept yeah. looking up some more and then he saw this head that was about nine foot long and thought, <laughs> I don't want any piece of this. Yeah, hey, pal, there's your dart back.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I was just gearing yeah. myself up for a physical confrontation and then immediately ungeared myself yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah.
1: But there, there was a funny one yesterday that someone sent me. Uh, mm. this guy threw a dart at double, double one. I think it was, uh, missed as he took the second dart from his hand. The third dart fell out. The flight come off and it, it rolled, uh, basically under the floorboards. Cause there was a gap. So he's only thrown two darts by this time and mm. said to his opponent, look, my darts fell, fell through the floorboards. Can, can I borrow your dart? Sure. Anyway, bang game shot. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty I mean, good. That was fun. That, that is good. That was I'd,
0: I'd have refused to give him the dot. The best one I've, i didn't see this, but the best one I heard was Peter Hudson versus Terry Jenkins, and I had to go and like consult my phone because I'd squirreled it away on a note somewhere. I was told this by one of the markers. So yeah. this—it it was five all between the Rock Peter Hudson and the Bull Terry Jenkins. <laughs> uh, Jenkins is on thirty-two in the last leg decider. Peter Hudson, yeah is on 36. Now, it's a UK Open qualifier. Uh, Terry the Bull steps up. He's on 32. Hudson's on 36. Yeah. Terry goes straight at double 18, pins it, turns around, they both shake hands. I think the game's to... The markers had to go, no, no, no. Terry, no. you wanted 32. <laughs> You've just hit 36. Yeah? And they went, oh, God, oh, what an idiot. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Hudson walks to the hockey. He wanted 36. Straight in double 16, turns around, shakes hands. Um, no, no. He's still got some left, messes it up. Then Terry wins, and it costs Hudson a trip to the UK Open that year as well. Because if he'd won no that game, way. he'd have got to the UK Open. Absolute no mind-bending from the pair of them. Uh, I don't even... That well, might I, be the year that
1: Terry the Ball made the final. Don't know. That's amazing. I've I've won more. One more. This yeah, is this is fresh off uh, out of the, the memory banks. This, this, this is one of those that a dart player would really understand They they would be you, anyway, thinking about it now just, just makes me angry. Right. <laughs> Do you remember Pete, Pete Allen used to Pete, he Allen. started off as, as, uh, Steve Beaton's driver. He used to, but he was one hell of a player, by the way. Okay. And he used to, uh, hold four darts because he used to have dartitis back in the day and Holding four darts just made him feel comfortable.
0: You're joking.
1: Just no, no, no. Just made him feel comfortable. He only used to throw three. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But just but having one there. Wow. Okay.
1: Just everyone there made him feel comfortable. Anyway, he uh I played him and he wanted fifty. Last leg. Eastbourne. We're upstairs. It was a last eight. Uh sorry, last sixteen. Through gets through to like the the, the one set setup, if you like. Anyway. So he wants fifty. He's gone eighteen. Missed the 32, hmm. drops a dart. Well, I kind of look at the dart thinking, come on, Wayne. Come on, Wayne. Well, as I'm thinking, because I'm looking at the dart. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, come yeah. on, Wayne. He turns around to shake my hand. I'm like, what are you doing? He went, I've got it. And there was a dart in double 16. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he so, had one in the chamber. He was thought—you You thought so now, he'd run out. He had more ammo. I thought he'd run out. Exactly. Amazing. He had more ammo. Anyway, so me being the 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 kind of nice human being i am i'll give it that it can't be allowed that is not allowed that that's wrong he should pick the dart up pick the pick the dart up that is bang out of order anyway he's looking at me and he went oh oh uh and i kind of got a bit embarrassed with my actions i went sorry pete i went "Good, good good dart, mate anyway we come off and i went thinking about it again i said it shouldn't be allowed mate i said i've I've gone back to where I just started it and I was making myself so irate but you can imagine I'm looking at the dart on the floor thinking it'll pick it up in a minute come on wayne you can come on come on he's gonna miss he's, he's gonna miss this he's gonna miss this because I thought it was a rhythm ruiner rhythm yeah. ruiner he just he just fired another
0: Absolutely. anyway spectacular. ridiculous well yeah. look there yeah. is no better way to end this podcast than leaving Wayne Mardle irate. <laughs> Uh, and irate at something that happened many, many years ago, which is probably a regular state of affairs uh, for Mr. Mardle. Yes. But thank you very much. Yes. He's picked his team uh, for the Autumn Series. It is Michael Van Gerwen, the Diamond Diamondian White, and the African warrior, Big Devon Peterson. I'm going to go Peter Wright, Johnny Clayton, and Joe De So We will be back next Thursday morning. We will discuss how our picks went on. Check out the Low Six picks uh, and the PDC Picks apps, and you can make your selection. Not just on Darts. They've got loads of other stuff and the football's back as well. Feeling good about Spurs this year? Uh, no. Nah, didn't think so. Oh, well. Take it easy.